How to use your online presence and the translators community to find jobs, coming up. Hello and welcome back to the Freelanceverse. Thanks so much for tuning in once again. We finally have a guest again on the channel. I'm very excited for that. The last few weeks have been very busy and very stressful and I wasn't really able to make bigger production videos, but these are coming back. Uh, there is also a specialized coming up soon on literary translation, so stay tuned for that. But today I'm excited to announce that we have Susie Withers on the channel. She's a French to English translator, she's English herself. She's gonna call in any minute, so I'm just quickly recording this intro before, before we talk to her. She's only been a freelance translator for more or less one and a half years, I believe, but she's been doing an amazing job in leveraging the community to make a name for herself, to really like build a, a quite a strong business in just such a short time. And I'm seeing her everywhere online. We, we meet up also in different kind of online events all the time. So it's really fun to see uh, how she, she grows her online presence and in parallel also her business. And I think the two are very connected. That's why I reached out to her. So without further ado, let's skip to Susie. I hope you guys enjoy. So welcome back everyone. We are joined by Susie Withers today. Thanks so much for taking the time to coming onto the channel. Thanks for inviting me. I feel very honored to be on your channel. <laughs> Why don't you just uh, introduce yourself and tell the viewers who you are and what is it you're doing? Okay. Um, my name is Susie Withers. I'm a French to English translator. I live in the UK. Um, I tend to specialize in online content. So things like websites, blog articles, social media, and also um, marketing and communications text. Specialization does make a lot of sense, actually, why we have you on here today, because I already <laughs> told in the intro that I'm really amazed by, by your online presence and by how you're handling and introducing yourself to the translators community, because you haven't been working as a translator for that long, right? No, I started properly in about June 2020. Before that, I'd done a bit of voluntary translation, but okay. um, as a professional freelancer, about June 2020, mm -hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> <obviously>. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be a common theme with, with a lot of people who start during the pandemic. I don't know what it is. What is it? What was it for you? What made you take the step to go into freelance translation? It was a bit of a coincidence, really. I, I didn't plan it that way. It's just that I came to the end of a contract. I'd been doing contract work as a business analyst, and my contract came to an end at the end of March 2020, which is obviously when the first lockdowns started. And at first I thought, I'm just going to have a break for a while. I'd been thinking about it for a very long time. Um, it's a very long story how I came to be a translator, but I think what was stopping me was the belief that I could be the sort of person who could start a business. Mm -hmm. That was what was holding me back. I knew that I could translate. I'd passed my diploma years ago. I knew that I loved languages. I love French. I love the, the sort of cultural differences. I love words. I love language. So I knew that I loved it and I was good at it, but I wasn't sure that I could make a business out of it because I didn't think I had the confidence to put myself out there to get clients, which is obviously what you have to do as a freelancer. I don't know if you've seen the, um, there's like a little Venn diagram where you have three aspects. You have, um, if you want to find work that, that will fulfill you, you need to find something you're good at, something you love, 
and something that people will pay you for. Mm. And it was that third element that I didn't know if I could persuade people to pay me to be a translator. So that was the that was the sure, that is a really scary part, yeah. Especially maybe yes. you think, yeah, you can do this one time or two times, but how can you make it actually sustainable and exactly. proper business? Yeah. And because I'm quite a cautious person, um, I spent quite a long time just building up some um financial reserves because I knew it would take time to actually start to find clients. So I sort of, by that point, March 2020, I knew that I had a good financial reserve. There are lots of jobs that can't be done during a pandemic, but this is an example of a job that can be done during the pandemic because it's always been remote working. So I thought, I'm just going to go for it now. How did you go about this? How did you find your first clients after the volunteering experience? I did what I think a lot of people do. Um, I took the advice. I'd been lurking in a, a Facebook group for translators for a long time, actually, um, where the advice was just start writing to agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I used the Pros Blue Board to kind of identify agencies that had a good reputation, agencies that were based in countries that I thought would be a good match. So in Europe, France, Belgium, Switzerland, and in the UK, because obviously I live in the UK where the cost of living is quite high. So I need to find agencies who will pay rates that that would be sustainable for living in the UK. Um, So I just worked my way down the list finding um, agencies with a good reputation and writing them emails, but trying to always personalize the email to the agency, not just saying, dear sir, I'm a translator. Always looking at their website, researching them, seeing what kind of agency they are. Are they more specialized in IT? Are they more specialized in um, copywriting, more, more kind of creative translation? And then trying to tailor my email to them and drawing upon keywords from their website in what I write to them so that it feels like we match up. Nice. So that yeah, they, exactly. It's more I, personal then, yeah. And at first, you know, I got I got no response from anyone. Um, but then my favorite agency based in Switzerland um, <laughs> contacted me and said, we'll, we'll give you a chance. And I think they were, they're one of those agencies that rather than making you do a free test, they basically just gave me a very small job, uh, a paid paid job and I did it and then they started sending me bigger and bigger jobs and you know they still send me jobs today so they were obviously happy with what I was doing and that gave me confidence um, but it did take quite a long time for any other clients to start contacting me. I guess it probably took about eight months before various other agencies came to me and I did small bits of work here and there some of them one-off some of them repeated work but I'm at the stage now where I'm earning a decent amount for the last about six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite where I want to be or where I feel like I need to be, but I think it, it's working. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be incredible if you were already <laughs> where you need to be at, uh, after such a short yes, time. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Already where you are now, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looking back, I've, I've come a long way. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Yeah, one point why you are already successful at this stage in your in your career is definitely your online presence presence, and I want to talk a bit about that. I feel like I see you everywhere, but whatever app I open, you are there. Just now, I got another notification of a post of yours with like perfectly prepared slides, and it's 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 just so impressive. And how do you manage to make time for this? It actually took me quite a long while to realize um, how powerful LinkedIn could be. I never really spent much time on LinkedIn before. Um, I think if you're an employee or if you know if you're just happy doing your job, there's no real reason to be on LinkedIn. If you're looking for a job, then yes, LinkedIn is a place where you could go. But I think really where where its power is is for entrepreneurs, is for visibility. I was a bit scared of it at first. Like I think everyone is. You know, what if I post something and everyone hates it or I get lots of hate mail or I get something wrong and then, you know, what will that do to my reputation? So I think there's a lot of fear in approaching it. And also as as translators, we're quite, we're known for being quite introverted. Um, <laughs> so we don't want to, we want to just work in the background quietly and just work diligently and and, and do our job. But actually... I realized that if you're not visible, then no one knows you're there. No one can buy from you if they don't know you exist. Colleagues can't refer clients to you if they don't know that you're there. So that was really the reason why I started to reach out on LinkedIn. And when I started to get a good response, I, I got people, I got a lot of engagement with my posts. I got colleagues who would refer people to me. You know, I found clients through LinkedIn and I thought, this is a valuable investment of my time, especially a few months ago when I wasn't busy with lots of translation work. There doesn't seem to be much point in that. And, and anyone who follows my Facebook page will know I haven't actually updated it for a while. But I realized that LinkedIn is the place to be. Um, I've made some amazing connections with colleagues um, and, and also, as I say, I've had clients coming to me. I actually really enjoy, I think perhaps I am quite a creative person and it's an outlet for me to, to actually talk about the things I'm passionate about. Everything I post on LinkedIn is, is a little quirk that I've noticed or a common error that I've seen or what I've got a lot of actually is memories of when I lived in France and Belgium and the cultural differences and the linguistic things that I noticed. So I've got a whole bank of possible content in my head. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just getting it out there on, on as regular a basis as I can. I mean, I don't post every day, like some people recommend. I try to post a couple of times a week and it seems to work quite well. Definitely. Yeah. And it's not only, I mean, just posting anything is a good idea, of course, but it's also the quality of the of the content is just really high and this i think that's also engaging for a lot of people also for me i mean honestly i don't know i have never seen your translation work so far right but when i now see like a french english job posting i immediately think of you already so it's it's really something is working very well with your with your engagement also by the way your your linkedin profile is also very engaging right you have immediately i've seen that you have a, a video there in the profile picture and you you have the feature on where you can 
uh, speak your name and then you can listen to it, right? I didn't yes. even know it existed. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing, the stuff that's on it. It, it took a long time for me to be given the, the feature to do a cover video. Everyone else was doing these cover videos and saying, oh, they're really great, do one. But I didn't even have the feature. Oh, really? And I don't know whether you need to have a certain number of followers or a certain amount of engagement before they give you that feature. I don't know. But I think that the ability to speak your name has been there for a while. And I thought my name is quite difficult for French speakers to pronounce. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because I've got a W, I've got a TH, it's, yeah. it's usually a bit of a, a nightmare for French speakers. So I thought I'll say it so that people can hear what it sounds like. So uh, you see all these things, all these social media things, online presence, you see this as, as part of the job or this is more a, a hobby, a free time for you, you would say? No, I would say it's part of, you know, we talk about working in the business and working on the business. So working in the business is doing those translations, doing that paid work, but working on the business is continuing to be on the lookout for new clients to cultivate your reputation, I guess. It is becoming more difficult now that I'm getting busier with my translation work. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a trade-off, right? In one way, yeah, you don't get paid for it, but you might get paid in the future for it, if you invest the time into a good yes, uh, exactly. online strategy. It's, it's, a long, it's a long term investment, I suppose, mm -hmm. to see it that way. Um, every time I post something, I get engagement, I get comments, I get new connection requests mm -hmm. coming through. And that just means that visibility will increase because if I, if I connect with these new people, then every time they engage with my post, all of their connections will see exactly, the exactly. post. So it's that domino effect of LinkedIn, which is which is the power of it, I think. So powerful. Yeah, I see you comment also a lot on other people's things, and then I see them that I wouldn't see them otherwise, right? So when your connections comment on something, you also see it. And definitely this visibility is, is huge. It's amazing. I was thinking to myself, I mean, when I watch, for example, a video of yours, it's always so soothing to hear someone with such a nice accent, right? And I was thinking, like, what if someone maybe doesn't work with, with English as a source language or target language, is not comfortable with speaking English? Do you think there is benefits also to have a content strategy in another language, for example? Or do you think English is just, especially in our community, must be the most powerful, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm very lucky in that English is my mother tongue. So, um, but I'm continually impressed by my colleagues who are not native in English. And, and like you say, some who don't even have English in, in their pair, but who are posting consistently in a really high standard of English. So, you know, I'm full of admiration for those people. And that's why, you know, on occasion I, ha I post in French. Um, and sometimes I make videos in French. I've made a couple of videos in French as well because we English speakers don't have a very good reputation for speaking foreign languages. <laughs> so there was a part of me that thought, well, some of us do, some of us make the effort. Um, so I wanted to demonstrate that. But also, obviously, a lot of my clients are going to be um, French speakers. Um, if I want to speak directly to them, then I need to be speaking in French as well. So um, I do try to make the effort the other way around. But I think it's true that English seems to be so universal on all of the social media platforms, you know, all of the Facebook groups I'm in, 
um, apart from the French-English one, where it's one or the other of those languages. But all of the Facebook groups that cover lots of different nationalities, English is always the, the language that is spoken. So, And the other thing is that I need potential clients to know that they can talk to me in French, that they can write to me, you know, that I can interact with them comfortably in exactly. French. So I think it is important to to try to post and, and um, engage in, in your second language. So, so you, you, also, you would also reach out to potential clients sometimes in, in French then? Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. 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 When, when the agency is based in a French-speaking country, you would write in French? Yes, um, if, I'm, if I'm responding to an advert, for example, that is in French, then I will, I will make that first, that first connection in French. And sometimes we drift into English, but I think I take my cue from the client, from the potential client. If they are more comfortable in French, then I'll, then I'll interact in mm. French with them. All right. Uh, one question I wrote, I don't know if you can answer this, it's a bit of a hard one. Uh, if you have an advice for people that are less creative than you, because I know that uh, a lot of people struggle with not knowing what to post, uh, thinking it's not interesting, they don't have creative ideas. Do you have any advice on how to build a, an online presence, build a name for themselves without having this creativity that you seem to have organically? Yeah, it's, it is a tricky question. Um, I mean, I, I use Canva to create the little carousels that, that I put up. And I think it's a really nice tool if you want to just create almost, it's almost like a brand where people see this particular style and they know it's from you, especially if you put your logo on it as well. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, very early on, actually, um, I went to a webinar which was about personal branding and it was about, you know, whenever you present yourself in your email signature if you have a facebook page on your website make it consistent so you're just giving out this this personal brand and, and even if you know you're not writing a really long post about something um maybe if it's just a, a little tip or um a little language quirk that you've noticed If you just kind of keep it on brand and keep it consistent, then I think that you will start to build this, this reputation perhaps. But mm -hmm. everything I post is authentic. It's, it is me. These are stories that I remember from a long time ago that I'm telling, or these are language quirks that I go on about all the time. I mean, if you speak to my close friends, they will say that, yes, I, I, I am a language nerd. I sit there saying things like, Oh, did you know the French word for such and such is this? You know, um, so this is me, you know, this this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love. I love talking about languages. So for me, it just, it flows out quite naturally. There is the idea that, oh, well, everyone's already said everything, you know, but you haven't said it in your voice, exactly. with your personality exactly. and with your personal take on it. So just That's give so it a true. go. Yeah. Not everything has to be new. I mean, look at my channel. Whatever is on there, you can find everywhere else as well, right? It doesn't need to be new. Exactly. I'm, to... I don't think I'm saying anything new. Yeah. I'm just saying it with my voice, with a consistent voice and with, you know, a touch of humor, a touch of quirkiness. If you're authentic, then it shouldn't be too much of a struggle to get it out there. 
exactly yeah. that's true yeah authenticity is that the word authenticity is something that people yes, really, yes. Yeah, really people really admire and and look for also in on social media where it's not a very common thing i would say i mean it's it's not that easy to find someone that is real i see this all the time in my comments that, yeah i mean there are there are people out there who will help you with social media with with your content and your strategy and um, it's not something I've looked into, but if someone's really feeling that they're not creative enough, then maybe they could speak to, to someone like that who, who can help them. Personally, I, you know, as I say, I just have lots of ideas, so I haven't needed to go down that road. And of course, also reading magazines, books, whatever, something will just come up when you read a lot. Maybe you find a weird word in your own language and you think, where is this actually from? And you can write some kind of etymology post. There is always something interesting. Yes, yeah, yeah. etymology. Like sometimes I'll see a French word that, that I think, oh, I've, I've never seen that word before and it's really funny or it's got a weird etymology. So little quirky things like that, I think are great. I, I asked you beforehand if there is one thing that you've learned along the way that you wished you knew before. I don't know if you have something you came up with. It's kind of a question I like to ask people because it's it maybe gives yes. insights in, for people who are about to start so they don't have to actually go through the same mistakes, right? Yes, indeed. Well, I, I um, spent, as I say, I spent quite a long time in a translators group on um, Facebook probably I was probably in that group for about a year before I even started really so I learned all about all of the different scams that are out there I learned about the blue board and I learned about TransferWise which is a great service that I use to receive payments in different currencies but I think that the big thing that I learned was the power of LinkedIn I think that is the thing that has made a really big difference to my business very nice final words thanks so much for joining us today thank you for viewing watching the video as always uh, make sure to scroll down and subscribe to the channel it helps out a lot and i see you next monday with the next video bye bye